welcome back to episode 50 of Establish the Collection. That's right, 5-0, Gary, 50. I'm your host, Cody Main, joined as always by Gary Hartman. Gary, we made it halfway to the century mark, buddy. Uh, we, we took a few detours along the way, a few short breaks along the way, and now we are grinding preseason, so this episode is coming out a, a little bit later than we would have liked, but we're here nonetheless. Uh, Gary, how's it going, buddy? It's good. Um, I know you always like to call me your favorite cardboard virgin, but I'm sitting across from the world's greatest no-sex king uh, in general with your preseason grinding. You see the football background. If you're watching on YouTube right now, it's only fitting as we have. Uh, we're a day away from a two-game slate and two days away from uh, a massive amount of preseason coming up. We're less than a month away from the first NFL game. So we are obviously over here at ETR, full steam ahead for football. So I'm, I'm excited. Uh, you know what? Be be careful about referring to me as the spreadsheet virgin, as the preseason virgin. I'm looking in front of me right now at our New York Giants depth chart notes for <laughs> subscribers to the premium preseason product. And all I've got to say, like, if you want to be successful at, uh, at at preseason DFS, all you need to do is hire 32 NFL super fans, one for each team, and you'll get what we have on my screen right now, which is the most detailed notes uh, for a single team's depth chart that I have ever, ever seen. So uh, yes, if, if you are not subscribed yet to the premium preseason DFS product, I don't know what you're doing, but uh, Gary is obviously helping out this year and his New York Giants play tomorrow bound to be a ton of fun but man uh, it's been a fun grind and it really reminds me when when this time of year rolls around I know people talk about uh, training camp is the return of football you know people get hyped up for the draft and all that kind of stuff this this really to me is like when it gets uh, when we start getting into the weeds with third stringers and second stringers and start getting hyped about training camp uh, this is to me when football is back yeah, I agree with you. And I'm going to try to bring that same level of detail to all the teams that I do notes on. But yeah, I uh, I, I very easily took the Giants yesterday when we were doing some note work because <laughs> it's just, it's like the back of my hand. Well, I already follow all the right Twitter people for for that one. So, um, but yeah, man, it's, <laughs> it's, it's exciting to be back here. I'm 109 BBM drafts in. I'm trying to barbell it now a little bit where I'm trying to wait now. Basically doing like one-ish a day or less and while grinding away at the puppies on underdog. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to our last episode or second to last episode when we were doing best ball drafts. Um, but yeah, so we're full steam ahead here on football. Very, very excited, which so no surprise today will be mostly football oriented. And I would imagine with the exception of a couple of baseball stories that will sprinkle in throughout the rest of the summer, um, you know, through at least the first week of September. So next three or four shows, I would imagine are going to be heavily football focused. I mean, it just just a very perfect natural transition into recapping the national, which we should have gotten to last week. Uh, I tend to be a little bit behind on getting to this recap, but I mean, you were mentioning off air that that it seemed like modern quarterbacks were kind of the thing uh, that was that was taking up a majority of the steam at the national. So why don't you just go into your recap of the national and kind of talk about your experience and and, and what you noticed in terms of trends as far as uh, as you were walking the floor and trying to make some sales. Yeah, Nashville was uh, an unbelievable experience for me. I, I I was only able to get down two of the of the uh, four and a half five days. So I got I was there on Friday, and on Sunday spent all day there on both days, and was very successful. Uh, my first national. I've been to other car shows before, but my first national, and it's just unbelievable what an experience it is. Like you could think that this hobby is declining or or dead or anything like that, and you go to one of those shows, and you will be realize how quickly you are wrong. Um, the biggest takeaway is just the corporate section right in the middle. So it's basically split up. There's like a breakers pavilion on one side. There's all the normal tables and everything like that throughout, but you know, on one side particularly. And then right in the middle of the entire convention center is a huge corporate area where uh, Panini has huge setups, Tops has huge setups, Upper Deck, and um, you know, Golden, and and you know, all different of the major major players. And the amount of money that they put up on these show displays. I mean, must have been six figures. Like Panini's setup must have been two hundred thousand dollars display fanatic setup must have been a hundred plus thousand dollar display and they're giving away free things to everyone that walks through you have opportunities for giveaways all this kind of stuff uh you know psa is there beckett's there sgc any greater that you could possibly imagine with legit um you know incredible big setups the, the setup of the room itself was in, in, insane i mean we're talking 400 like 60 000 square foot convention center packed from side to side you can't even see one side of the room from the other. And it's truly just, you know, 95% cards, 5% memorabilia, Pokemon and other stuff, but 
you know, the hobby is well alive. The amount of cash being thrown around at this thing is insane. And personally, I did fantastic on my sales. My, I told, you know, a little bit, uh, my, my mission was to go down and do some selling as I'm trying to liquidate for football season coming up here. And I was very successful. I basically went around with a briefcase, with a backpack, uh, up to all different types of tables, individuals, stores, breakers. Um, most of them would do buying. And that's what's great about when you have a table set up, you obviously can have your own display but you also welcome people to come over to your table and sell to you. Um, and yeah, that's what I'll do. I go up to people, ask, are they buying, show them what I have and negotiate. And it was very, very successful, made a lot of sales, made a, made a lot of money. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, some major takeaways from that, that por portion of it is, you know, a lot of those people running tables feel like they have a, a sense of power, kind of you coming up to them. So we talked about this before, like some of them might be a little bit dismissive or kind of think that they hold the higher ground. But one thing you'll notice pretty consistently is that people will come in around 70 to 80% of eBay comps on their offers for things, which is okay, uh, depending on what you're trying to do. So if you're just trying to offload things, then, then fine, you're okay taking those discounts. Usually for me, I'm not good around 70%, but at 80% in what is usually pure cash, um, you have to take out the 10, 12% eBay fees, take out shipping, take out any kind of convenience for returns or anything like that. And 80% is usually a pretty good deal when you're getting pure cash on those kind of things. So that's what I was looking for, selling around 80% of eBay comps, sometimes higher. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was really a great experience just from a selling perspective. I will definitely be there next year in Chicago uh, for all four days. My wife and I have already put the dates down on the calendar, same weekend in July next year, and gonna look to get a little bit of a table space next year and be able to kind of hold both ends of the candle there. But yeah, really great, great experience, awesome event. I mean, it's only two hours from me in New York City, Atlantic City, so it was easy for me to do, luckily. I uh, wish I was able to go for more time, but um, you know, Friday was absolutely crazy packed, and then Sunday, it was the last day people were like packing up and stuff. But for me, from a business perspective, it was actually the easiest to get things done. It was less, it was, it was less crowded. Uh, more people were willing to kind of make moves as was the last day of the event. So excellent. Met some good people, met some people that recognize the ETR shirt. If I uh, met you out there, I appreciate it. Uh, and just excellent, excellent experience. Can't recommend it enough. Really excited for, for next year. Very cool. That is that. I mean, that is awesome. And the fact that it's in Chicago next year, that's like a halfway point for yeah. you and I, that's like a six to eight hour drive for me. Let's um, get it. Probably a similar distance for you if you're flying out. Uh, yeah, that would be fun to fun to meet be, up in Chicago and be right before your grinding preseason. So your last yeah, uh, fun weekend before your life goes down the, the, the drain. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And, and yeah. you mentioned another point about uh, being there to to make some sales. And even as a buyer, you know, removing the the eBay fees, removing the inconvenience, the hassle of having to ship cards, the time commitment. You're already there face to face with your buyer or or seller, whichever side of the aisle you happen to be on. It makes so much sense to to take advantage of these opportunities when you can. And yeah, eighty percent of of ebay comps after you factor in everything that's pretty rel i mean rel relatively fair uh in, yeah. in terms of cash value i would say is. so so it seems like a huge benefit for for both sellers and buyers 80 percent is fair it's when they, they try to undercut you to 65 70 percent that i kind of walk away um which you'll see some of those you'll see plenty of those types of tables too and yes i shouldn't dismiss the fact that it's the best place in the world to go and buy and trade cards it just wasn't my goal this year but uh you know i i saw unbelievable deals go down i had offers for like half cash half trade type of sales mm -hmm. so you know excellent uh, so many great people. I mean, again, I talked about this before, like 95% of the people are going to be great and, and well-intentioned, but you're going to have 5% stories of some thefts and, and just, you know, crappy, sketchy people. So you just got to be very careful at these shows, but the vast majority of this hobby is in really good hands. And it was great, great to see. I know there was an F1 trade night that I would have loved to get to. Uh, unfortunately, was not able to, but uh, yeah, F1 was very present. Yeah. Just to kind of transition into some trends that I saw uh, as far as what people were looking for. So first and foremost, vintage was definitely dominating. Um, you know, we spoke about this also when we kind of spoke about, I don't know, six weeks ago about kind of the state of the hobby in general and what was a safe investment at this point. And I know we don't speak about much vintage on this show, but it's definitely what people that have shops or true funds are looking for right now. Uh, the vast majority of people that were had signs up about buying were looking to buy vintage. And uh, it makes sense. Obviously, it's the 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 supply is much more limited. Um, you know, it's it's considered probably a, a rarer overall uh, investment piece. And I think people are look at that as more of a safer play. 
Uh, so that was definitely what I saw as the most popular play. But that's not uh, that's not all. Modern was plenty popular. People were definitely buying and selling modern, ultra modern, no problem. Just the trends that I saw is that people were skewing a little bit safer. So you know, if I go up to a table and I'm asking what are they looking for in particular, a lot of the time it's it's LeBron type things, it's Giannis type things. It might be. Um, you know, Hall of Famer type autographs in baseball, Derek Jeter, Ken Griffey Jr., things like that. And then particularly for the ultra modern stuff, what I really noticed is everyone was looking for, and you just hit on this a little bit, but everyone was looking for the young, hot quarterbacks. There's no doubt about it. It was Herbert Burrow. It was uh, the new class with the pris that prism having just come out recently. A lot of Trevor Lawrence hype, a lot, um, and Trey Lance, a lot of that stuff. But one name that I was blown away by how many times I was asked if 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 I had this guy was Jalen Hurts. I couldn't believe. And location-wise, it makes sense. We're only like an hour outside Philly. Yeah. So like maybe there's a lot of, you know, it, it, there could skew that way a little bit. But man, people are excited about him. And it's, it's reflected in his numbers. I mean, I, I, we spoke about him before, but he's definitely up going into the season here. Uh, I believe his Prism stuff, his base PSA 10 is up 20% over the last month. Uh, and that's just the mosaic is up 20%. The prism, I believe, is also up uh, quite a bit. So, yeah, uh, 30% the last month. Yeah, so really crazy stuff on Jalen Hurts. I mean, it almost seems like the trends coming out of the national and, and maybe what we'll start to see throughout the course of the hobby over the next couple of months, maybe years, is like this kind of uh, traditional investing portfolio, right? Depending on your age, but you've got your bonds and your cash, and these are kind of your safer investments in terms of, uh, your your vintage cards, the stuff that isn't going to go crazy in value because there's not going to be these uh, insane changes in, in performance and things like that uh, that we have with the modern players. But you have these safe investments with these vintage cards in low supply, high demand that are going to return 5, 6, 10, 15, 20% uh, you know, over the course of the, the lifetime of that investment. And then on the complete opposite end of that approach, kind of this barbell approach where you have these super high risk, high reward investments like Jalen Hurts, like Trevor Lawrence, like Joe Burrow. And, and some of these guys are safer than others, of course. But uh, I, I think that's like an encouraging sign that it's it's more resembling what we would expect from kind of a, a traditional investment portfolio where you have uh, the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um the football stuff is just so popular. Like it's almost to the point where like when, when we really kind of had the boom during the pandemic basketball, both vintage and modern was just dominating. What I'm seeing right now is football besides regular vintage is just dominating. And it's not just quarter quarterbacks are definitely what's driving it. And there's so much hype there. I think from the, from the kind of streak of a couple amazing quarterback classes with, you know, the burrow, um, uh, the burrow Herbert right into the uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, class, but it's not only that, I mean, any kind of Jamar chase and Justin Jefferson stuff I bought, flew right out of my hands. I mean, I got offers closer to 90% comps on that kind of stuff. And, you know, real and Herbert also, I, I brought some stuff of all those kind of guys and, you know, just immediate interest on all that. So really interesting to see. And we talked, we've always spoken about this, but who's going picks three and four and five right now in, in fantasy drafts, it's, it's Justin Jefferson and, and Jamar Chase, right? So, you know, really it's not just quarterbacks, although it's that they're dominating, um, you know, definitely it's the exciting young skill position as well. Yeah, and I think that's a, a perfect setup for what we have planned for today's episode. We got a really, really, really fun episode planned for today. You know, kind of a start of uh, a series, if you will, that I think is going to help all of us become smarter sports card collectors and investors. When when we started this thing, episode one, over almost a year and a half ago, at this point, I knew as you know, my job as host was really just to ask the right questions of Gary. Has created a complete business out of investing and collecting in sports cards, and I knew that he was far more advanced than I was in my knowledge of the hobby. So I knew that that right then and there, hey, my, my goal as the host of this show is just to try and pick his brain, ask the right questions of him so he can share his knowledge. And I think I've done a good job of, of asking the right questions and you've done a great job of sharing your knowledge. But one thing that it kind of occurred to me over the last couple of days, and as especially as we get into football season and I'm looking to make my own investments for the start of the season is I've never really gotten to see you go through your entire process. Like, hey, you know, maybe one night or a day or throughout the course of a, you know, weeks, maybe you're thinking about investing in player X or product Y or, you know, a certain set or whatever the case may be. They've never got to see you go from start to finish or where you decide, hey, I want to invest in this player and how you go about deciding what what is the right card, what is the right set, what is the right year and actually clicking buy 
and then following that investment through the course of the point where you then sell it. Uh, so I think that would be a fun start for us today is to kind of go through that process at a, uh, you know, kind of a value that suits us both right now. You talked about wanting to liquidate a little bit before football, so we're not going to go crazy uh, buying today. But basically, the, the goal today is to kind of identify some players uh, and some products and some cards that we're both interested in that we think might be good investments for the beginning of this football season. So that's uh, it's perfect to hear that that is kind of what was hot at the national and, and maybe that trend will continue uh, as we head into September here in football season kicking off. So with that, uh, anything else to add to that or any names immediately that jump out to you as guys that you're excited about this football season? Yeah, um, no, it's it's a great point. And I think, you know, when we were speaking a little bit before kind of recording this one, we're like, okay, we talk a lot about buys, sells, like guys were interested in trends coming up, trends kind of fading or, or, or players that we're anticipating will grow. But we never have taken, first of all, we've never, you know, gone in and on investment together and kind of like actually done the buying and are going to monitor that piece together. We've done a little bit of it with fractional stuff, but we haven't done it with a physical card. Um, and we haven't taken it from like, okay, point A to point Z, where the card is actually delivered to us. And then let's now track what that investment is looking like throughout the season. So, um, I mean, a lot of it is stuff we've spoken about in pieces, right? It's it's identifying pop counts. It's identifying a uh, year. Are we looking for a specific uh, run of a card? Are we looking for a color or a refractor or uh, a specific grade? Um, is, that a, is, is that a set that has a lot of good grades? Is it a set that doesn't have a lot of good grades? Is there any benefit in in trying to grab something raw or, or in bulk and using that as our investment? Um, so when I pinpoint a player, these are all the questions I'm asking myself first. Uh, while also just kind of looking at their overall index and, and trying to kind of see see the the way the wind is blown of late. And if there hasn't been much movement on them, but I'm anticipating that there will be during the season, that's probably when I'm going to be looking to make my move. Uh, I don't love when there's just like a major dip or, or a major kind of increase over a month or two period, and that's where I want to make my move. I want to kind of do it where the tides have been quiet. Uh, there's been three or four or 5% movement over their off season. And I'm, I am making the decision that I think there's going to be major movement in season. So that's kind of where my starting point is. Um, but no, I, I'll throw it back to you as far as players are concerned. Cause there's, I know there's gotta be a ton of guys that we're both interested in. Uh, yeah. And I mean, especially as we're, you know, both going through these depth charts now in the preseason, you can kind of see the, the changes that teams have made a lot of personnel changes, a lot of, uh, you know, offensive coaching changes as well, guys that I'm sure that we'll get into, but I started just just searching card ladder for names that I was interested in from a player perspective before even looking at pop counts, before even looking at particular cards from different sets. And it seemed to me that, you know, what I was seeing on card ladder matched a lot of what you were seeing at the national, that a lot of these players are up right now. And so I, I guess before I even give out a few names, we're recording on August 10th. Now there's we've got the Hall of Fame game in the books. Preseason week one is about to kick off tomorrow. Are we like too late? At this point, and you know, we're going to make whatever investment we decide to make today. But are would you have had we had you known we were going to do this? Would it have been easier or better to do this in you know May, June, or July, or something like that? Yeah, um, it probably would have been a little bit better in in like beginning of June specifically when the market was still really down and football was still kind of a casualty of that a little bit. Um, but there is room with a lot of these guys, particularly quarterbacks particularly the most recent class where none of them besides maybe Mac Jones has like flashed on the field yet. Um, all, all the, the, all the buying that's been done over the last month is purely speculative. Right. Um, when that's the case, there's still another, there's still another tier to jump if that speculation meets the on-field performance. So, you know, obviously if I still am very much bullish on a player, I won't, I won't be completely scared off from investing just because there's been movement um, you know, while we're three, four weeks out of the season, would my preference be to find someone that there hasn't been major upswing on? Sure. Sure. But, um, I'm not fully going away, especially because to get in on any, any of these, mostly any of these major quarterbacks that we'd be interested in, there's going to be some upward movement heading towards the season. Uh, but that's just the reality of things. So, so it's, I guess it seems like there's, there's kind of a trend here and a couple of, we could identify almost uh, kind of a cohort of players that we could then choose from. So we, we know modern quarterbacks are hot right now and that people are buying speculatively at this point, hoping for kind of that upside return that, you know, we've, we've talked about so much in the past. And that group includes obviously Trevor Lawrence, that group, you know, includes Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think there's quite a few other names in that group that have varying levels of, of on-field uh, 
success, hopefully in front of them. Uh, some of them that are a little bit more concerning than others. But is there any a name, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, other guys that came to mind, Zach Wilson, a uh, guy that out of New York that we'd like to take uh, maybe a second year leap, Trey Lance in San Francisco as that job is now his and they have signed Debo. Any other names stand out to you in terms of the kind of the modern quarterback market at this point? Yeah, um, which is crazy because it's a guy that we've been we've crushed a lot in the past. But I think I think Lamar is actually interesting this yeah. offseason. Um, yeah, and it's and it, it's such a great example of of how this hobby can kind of shift one way or the other and your thoughts on these guys because neither you or I have ever hated Lamar as a player. It was kind of where he was grouped in from a card market perspective that we were a little uh, scared off of, kind of their run first approach, all that kind of stuff. But in a contract year uh, with reports that he's going to be using his legs again a little bit more, um, and when you just kind of take into account the amount that he's moved compared to some of these other guys, I think he's I think he's pretty interesting. Yeah, I couldn't agree. And you're right. You know, looking at his base PSA 10 as as kind of that baseline for him, a, a card that's got a pop count of 634, one that we've seen extremely high highs on kind of during the peak of the hobby dating back to, you know, August of 2020, especially during that MVP run of his. I mean, that card was a four figure card easily. Yep. And, you know, we've obviously obviously seen the market cool off quite a bit since then, but that card now going for right around $350, $360. It seems like there is plenty of room, especially at that pop count for movement on a card like that. And even higher up, you know, like the field level silver that uh, has changed uh, is up about 14 or 15% over the last 30 days, $640 on that card. You know, depending on where you want to get in on the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, I do think that there is a lot of upward movement for him uh, this season. And for a lot of the same reasons that you mentioned, and they were really bit by the injury bug last year. And that team can only get healthier from this point. You know, I don't love the fact that they moved on from Hollywood, but I like Rashad Bateman. Obviously, I like the chemistry that he has with Mark Andrews and so much of what Lamar does is going to come from his legs. So, yeah, I, I like this as a as a buy. Yeah. So um, a couple of things that I agree with everything you just said, obviously, concern is injury one. Um you know, AFC is is also just a concern. Can he, depending when we'd be looking to maybe move off of the position, can he, you know, really actually can propel himself truly into the playoff race, right? Because we we know we know how concerning the AFC or how powerful the AFC is. Um, and yeah, and I think the card I'd be looking at, and it's amazing because we've always talked about going off base, but I, I've also spoken about this specifically for 2018 football was different than 2018 basketball even though they looked the exact same the the, the print run was not the same and you'll see it with the josh allen pops the the lamar pops these 2018 pops for their base tens are still triple digits we're looking well under a thousand cards in the pop run for lamar jackson so when you see a 634 pop on his psa 10 rookie card that's a place exactly where i like to be so that that checks box number one Box number two, let's look at the six-month trend on this on this card, okay, on card ladder. And unfortunately, my screen sharing is not working right now. I will get that fixed up for us next week when we, when we re-approach this segment. But just go to card ladder, look at his base PSA 10 rookie card. Look at the six-month chart. It is very steady. Minor waves here and there. That's exactly what I was looking for. I don't want people to be making major movement. I don't want the noise on this player to be so loud right before the season. So that's why I say, yes, would I like to buy a dip? Of course. But if it's a ton of people throwing off. I don't want everyone trying to be doing the exact same thing I'm doing in season, trying to grab that Delta all at once. Cause then the right when he has his two, three, two or three huge weeks, the market just floods without those amount of cards. And I don't know if I'm actually creating the same kind of Delta that I'm hoping to create. So it's not that simple. That's why I like to look for that steady, not too many sales, but there's been enough sales where you see some trends. And what I'm seeing over the last six, six months is a growth of 3%. Uh, not much at all. It stayed right between the 350 and 360 range for six straight months. So that's telling me that people are kind of just, all right, standing pat on Lamar, and there's probably not too much movement, but I would say with Carl Ladder values this card at 358, the last one sold for 360. Uh, you and I might be, go we'll go into this investment together. If we could scoop this card up at 300, at $350, so around $8 less than the current card value ladder, and we'll try to do that before we record the next show, if you're on board with this, that's, I think that's a, a I think it, it ticks all the boxes of what I'm looking for from a price perspective, a pop perspective, and an overall trend perspective. 
And in, in that, you know, you look at what's the what's the sale point for this car? Like, what when are we going to exit this this investment? Right? And it, is it this season? Is it next season? Is it at a particular point of this season? Is it when they make the playoffs? But I think with Lamar specifically, you have a, a plenty of outs. Uh, just looking at the strength of schedule for this Ravens team, they have the eleventh softest schedule according to Chart Football. Uh, that's that looks nice to me, even in a loaded AFC, even in a loaded AFC North. Obviously, the Deshaun Watson stuff, uh, you know, whether it's six games or eight games or 10 games, whoever knows how much he is going to get. Hopefully, that division is a little bit softer than it appeared it was going to be, um, you know, with with them competing with the, the Bengals and Joe Burrow. But they start very nice with uh, the Ravens. They, they get the Jets on the road. Then they come back for the Dolphins at home, the Patriots. Then there's this this week three, week four matchup here against the bills josh allen and the bills um you know that that could be one of those points where if the ravens pull off that game there they start 3-0 or 4-0 here with a big win over josh allen and the bills that could be a point where this card and and lamar's market as a whole kind of take a a leap forward so you know you've got a a potential mvp candidate a guy that's already done it in the past a, a team that is is seemingly bound for the playoffs if they can do the right things and then certain points within the season with this soft schedule that might set up for him uh, to have a couple of big performances stacked together. Yep. And I think the same theory works for him on the higher end. Like I think his national treasures RPAs are like half of what like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert's are right now. So I think, you know, obviously the hype remains around those classes, but I think if you're, if you're swimming in the, the, uh, you know, more high end waters, more, more risk, more reward there, I think is also at play. Um, so, yeah, but to me, I think this is a kind of the the right card to target. Obviously, you know, again, we mentioned, not loving the base as a general theory. And I still stand by that, but it's all dependent on what kind of class they're looking at. That 2018 one is not uh, a terrible class to use base as a baseline. So, okay. so, so what's the next step for you once you've identified, okay, so we want uh, a base PSA 10 Lamar Jackson. Are we now hawking eBay auctions? Are there certain sites that you're looking at first before to see if there's a, a buy it now listed for uh, right around comps? Yeah, so that's probably what I'll do. And I know you've, you look at some other places like my slabs and, and things like that that I think are worth talking about. I think I'd start with eBay um, and, you know, go from there. And, you know, I think there'd be, you know, again, it's only a pop of 634, so you might not find that many. But, but you know, based on a quick search, I'm seeing a bunch of buy it now. It's right around the $400 range with offers. So I would maybe make an offer trying to come in at 315, 325, and know that my cutoff point would be around 350 and hope to get one there. If there's any auctions, uh, I would watch the card come back around the day that it would end and try to grab it around that $350 mark uh, with maybe the willingness to go up to 355 uh, around there. And I think you'd be able to scoop one based off the amount that are out there and the recent sales. So. Okay, that's perfect. I love that I have Lamar written down uh, without ever ever having talked to you about it. Uh, it's a perfect price point for us, you know, as we try yep. to keep our bank bankroll uh, free and clear for the football season. Is there anyone else maybe at the the lower? Maybe three fifty is even a little bit steep for yeah. the listeners. Maybe you know you want to you want to spend one percent of your bankroll uh, on a card, and your bankroll's ten grand. You got a, you know a hundred bucks to spend on a single card. Is there anyone in that? that cheaper range, maybe it'd be a base card for uh, a more recent player or maybe something raw for a more recent player. Maybe even we go into the scope position uh, category where those cards are a little bit cheaper as well. Is there anyone in that, that kind of range, maybe 100 to 150 uh, that kind of suits your, that kind of suits your eye? Yeah, uh, totally. Um, I actually haven't done the research on this guy, but you just, you, your, your, your preamble just kind of sparked this guy in my head as someone that can kind of reach that Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson thing. And it's really something about these really mo- more modern receivers. And I'm talking even more modern than Stephon Diggs and Devonta Adams because we've spoken about those guys and kind of monitor their, their trends. But what about C.D. Lamb? Uh, what about C.D. Lamb? Oh, baby. At, yes. At, now you're talking. Someone, right? As someone that, I mean, all the opportunity in the world there. I think Silva had mentioned on one of the recent pods that he got him at 15-1 to 1 to lead the league in receptions, lead the league in yards. And I think those are fantastic bets given that Amari Cooper is not there, given that Michael Gallup will probably miss the first couple of weeks of the season, given that they just lost James Washington for the majority of the season. And right now their number two receiver on the depth chart is 23 year old fourth round, third round rookie Jalen Tolbert, uh, who I like for best ball and things like that. But I mean, besides Dalton Schultz, who again, great, great safety blanket for Dak. Uh, I don't think the advanced numbers necessarily love him besides Dalton Schultz, uh, really no competition for, true target uh share there so 
he's someone that I think really matches up well with kind of the, the Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase upside. Um, so I don't know if, well, I was kind of talking there, if you found anything interesting on CD, but he's someone that fits that thesis for me. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. From that 2020 Prism class, obviously one of the best receivers out of that class. And I think especially this year with the opportunity that he's going to have uh, in that offense, NFC East is is wide open uh, for, for them to make some noise, but more specifically for CD in this offense, just to just to go absolutely nuclear from a fantasy perspective and, and have kind of that upside to do what Silva bet him to do and lead the league in receptions, lead the, lead the league in receiving yards. Uh, it's It's tough to see what you what you can go out there and get for CD, but he, you know, and we've talked about this a lot in the past with these skill position guys that if we are investing in them, it's going to be more for their colored refractors. It's going to be more for kind of the, uh, the uh, inserts, the, the more uh, rare options out of these products, but just looking at his base PSA 10 is a uh, pop count of 513 and 4490 uh, for that card. So under $50 for that card would be perfect. Uh, if you were in that range, but if I was buying CD and maybe what, you know, get, get your thoughts on this as well, but if you were investing in CD or any of these skill position guys, are you still kind of of the mindset that you'd prefer to have something that's maybe a numbered serial card, a uh, numbered refractor, something like that, as opposed to even like a base PSA 10? Yeah, I think for his class, I would be looking at, at very least at silvers. And let's say the silver prism is a little bit out of your range. And I'm looking right now on 130 point and it looks like those go for around, because uh, that's not on card ladder, his silver PSA Prism 10. But I was looking, you know, it looks around 250 to 280-ish, which is a little rich, I think, for a receiver. When we just talked about Lamar, base is around, you know, only $75 more than that. But I think that other interesting places to be are the Mosaic Silvers are only around $75. The uh, Optic Hollows are around 100 to 125 That's probably the place I would be looking, the Rated Rookie optic hollow if i can get that card for around a hundred dollars i think that's a really interesting place to be and that's i don't even know the pop on that but i can't imagine it is too too high uh that or something like the field level select silver as well which i think you could probably snag in the right auction for right around 150 it looks like so those are kind of the, the places that i would be looking if you could get the silver right around 200 225 even prism i'm pretty sure that that will quickly jump up to 300, 350-ish the second he has a couple major like DFS, you know, 30-point type weeks. Um, especially, the, there is, I, I've also mentioned this before, the Cowboys are one of the few teams that hold a premium. Um, so you have to keep that in mind. Yeah. So, But yeah, I mean, there's definitely cards out there. Yeah, that's, I mean, that that's such a good point because the, the first couple of weeks of that 33% target share for CeeDee Lamb where he's posting 10 for 120 and two, you know, uh, the things are going to move quickly. Uh, in that market, especially with the Dallas Cowboys star uh, for him, uh, particularly. Anybody else stand out for you? I think think CD is a guy that we should also track. And I'll keep an eye on auctions for CD and and poke around on my slabs and places like that as well. But I think CD is another guy um, that we're both high on. We're high on, especially at ETR. That's a guy that we should continue to track and and probably invest in early this season and look to offload. I think it's worth comparing him to Jefferson because same class – Obviously, Jefferson's been cream of the crop right now, but let's say that there's we think that 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 gap can can narrow a little bit. And I'm not saying he's going to be Justin Jefferson, who a lot of people expect to be the number one fantasy receiver this year. But Justin Jefferson's PSA Prism 10 silver consistently, it looks like, goes between 500 and 750 dollars. I know that's a wide range. I know that's wide range, but it's not going for under five. Okay. Yeah. So if CD's at 225, 250, um, there's room to double there. It just there there is upside on these ultra modern, super high end receivers. So that's kind of the play there. But I understand if you feel like it's a little bit too rich for a receiver, an ultra modern receiver. I totally understand that. And I and I think you can find you can look for this you know anywhere where you might be involved in the fantasy streets. Any of these guys, I know a lot of people are high on Michael Pittman. Uh, yeah. Comes from that class as well. T Higgins. Guys like that that can make that leap and be, you know, third, fourth, fifth rounders in 2022 that are getting drafted at the back end of the first round in 2023. There's going to be a lot of hype on those guys. There's going to be opportunities to sell those guys throughout the course of the season. So uh, these are obviously a little bit more kind of quick flip investments, more risk, um, maybe equal upside for accepting some of that risk. But these are definitely guys that you can buy up in bulk for pretty cheap and, and just start to offload throughout the regular season. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, moving on, I was ready to come on here last week and talk about Zach Wilson once again, 
But the Makai Becton thing really, really scares me yeah. because, you know, half of the thesis around Zach Wilson was not only the improved skill position, but a pretty stable and strong offensive line. And not that we ever expected Makai Becton, who was their first pick two years ago, just mauling tackle uh, out of Louisville. Not that we ever expected him to be the epitome of health, but, you know, to lose him before the season even starts for what's what's looking like to be the full season. I think it's just a little bit scary for me now. Um for it's it, it takes a big chunk out of that uh, that theory in my opinion uh, I, you know it's a little scary so. yeah I, I would mostly be off for that point as well you know Zach Wilson is a guy that's going to have the the off-field stuff too that's going to go in his favor you know obviously the the <laughs> milf hunter stuff uh, but he you know obviously charismatic guy New York media seems to know how to handle it in terms of uh, dealing with it on social media and whatnot good looking kid you know the the, the on-field stuff is what's going to be a little bit of a concern but i think they're doing all the right things just got hit by the injury bug and you know that's not something that they can control yeah i kind of had uh, a little bit of a similar thought here on jalen hurts i know a guy that that was hot at the national a guy that's hot in his market right now is seemingly everything for jalen hurts is up i'm slightly concerned about all the injuries that they're seemingly dealing with and you know it's early in camp a lot of these guys are nicked up a lot of these guys are are simply missing time because it's still early. But uh, Devontae Smith has been held out for five straight practices. Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell have been banged up a little bit. Even guys further down the depth chart uh, at the wide receiver position have been banged up too. I want to be in on this Eagles team, and I want to be in on Jalen Hurts. But if, if number one wide receiver Devontae Smith is already dealing with, you know, I guess you could say A.J. Brown is now the number yeah. one there. But uh, if Devonta Smith is already dealing with a groin injury this early in camp, you know, I, I, I want my... Jalen Hurts uh, shares to be surrounded by as good a skill position core as he can possibly have. Does does any of this impact your love for Jalen Hurts hanging into the season at all? Um, I, th- I guess it raises an eyebrow a little bit. You know, we're still so early, and and I think something that we really try to do in the fantasy industry specifically is not get too bogged down in these training camp reports because we it's our job to be grinding them, so it's hard not to be influenced by them a little bit. Um, and I mean, the same thing can kind of roll right over into uh, the card market. And, you know, I just think it's something that you got to kind of, you got to kind of, you know, take with a pretty big grain of salt. So yeah. not really with my Jalen, but Jalen's not a buy for me right now anyway, just because of, of how much everyone else is, is on it and how much movement there's been on the Hurts stuff in general. Uh, really, really hyped up player right now. I think people are really excited about that Eagles offense. Um, you know, for me, I, you know, when I just take a look at the kind of the landscape of NFL quarterbacks and guys that I think can make moves in season, it's once again, these same guys that are like early 2010 rookies, like these Derek Carr and Russell Wilson types. The problem is, you know, we've struggled to see those guys make major movements, even in some successful seasons. So it, I, it leaves me a little skeptical, but someone like Wilson, particularly, who's going to specifically be in his you know best situation ever from a passing perspective uh sucks he just lost tim patrick but still uh, plenty of weapons in the arsenal over there in denver you know this is it wasn't very long ago we were talking about this guy as a perennial mvp candidate easily first ballot hall of famer should still have some couple of years left on the back end of this prime so I, I i i tend to buy into the denver russell wilson hype i just don't know if it will definitely spill over into the card market in season you know I, after getting I wouldn't even say burned by the Matthew Stafford stuff last year, but it almost seemed like Matthew Stafford had this absolute, you know, stone nuts outcome, Super Bowl winning quarterback, completely sheds all the stuff and all the crap that he had to deal with in Detroit, helps lead Cooper Cup to this awesome season. Just a, a phenomenal story. And we we didn't even really see it all that much in Matthew Stafford's card market. And it really makes you wonder that the people that are invested in the hobby at this point have just kind of moved past those names. I know Russell Wilson's a little bit of a different story, um, but, you know, you just wonder if like those quarterbacks, it was kind of the Ryan Tannehill types, the Derek Carr types, have they just been forgotten about for some of these younger guys that have more upside? Yeah. And I mean, I'm looking at Stafford's like refractor PSA 10 right now. Obviously, when you look at December, November, December, January, they took major hypes. Guess what? Like that, the card peaked at 2750 on February 1st. But guess what? It's in the offseason, it's immediately gone back down to almost a thousand dollars. So it's like, yeah, if you hit that in stone nuts outcome, you will have a selling window. But A, it's small. And B, if you miss the window, you're kind of screwed. It's kind of similar to NBA playoffs where like I always really, really kind of pound the table, sell, sell, sell. Like, if you're planning, like for me, like Luca is not really ever a sell, sell, right? But if you're planning on selling Luca, for example, we've seen him go nuts in these playoff series. Like that's the time you're gonna you want to offload 
those kind of guys. I have a feeling you're right about the market on like these 2008 through Rogers is a little bit of a different beast now over the last mm-hmm. couple of years, but like take out Aaron Rodgers from it, like the 2005 through 2014 ish quarterbacks. I, I'm a little bit concerned um, that you're right. That kind of the market is just, it, it's just moved on in the same way that they don't care that much about pre 2012 prism stuff that much in NBA, you know, I, it's just a little bit, a little bit scary. There's there's another young guy that I wanted to get to that I'm surprised we haven't talked about given the uh, the DFS and the best ball hype that this guy has. But Trey Lance uh, yeah. as the 49ers starting quarterback this season, as I mentioned earlier, Debo Samuel now under contract. All of the reports from camp are now glowing about Brandon Ayuk to the point where I think people are starting to question: Is it going to be Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel as the alpha? This season, you know, I'm always willing to bet on Kyle Shanahan quarterbacks, especially one as talented and as young and as raw and can be molded as somebody like Trey Lance. What's the what's the market look like for somebody like him out of that 2021 class? I imagine it's pretty hot at this point. Yeah, so for sure. And, um, I, you know, he's the name. So I, I wanted to talk about this. Actually, you, you did a great transition because I was going to go from those guys to I say we should pick somebody from this most recent class because yes. I think it's kind of the move. Like we talk about, obviously, the hype's going to be there with the product having just come out and everyone's speculating, but there's obviously going to be move a lot more room. And the two guys to me that there's a lot more room if if the hype on the field hits is Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. I think, you know, Lance with his with his legs on a perennial team that should be really good out the gate is something that's really interesting to me. Obviously, you're not going to see much in graded form for Trey yet. Uh, You know, the prism stuff just came out about a month ago. Um, You know, the pops are going to be really, really low. So I would take any kind of graded things with a grain of salt. But you could see his, you know, his silver PSA, I mean, his silver rookies in raw form go between $120 and $150, uh, which I don't think is that, that bad. Uh, the question is, will it grade, right? And if it's if it's crappy when you're buying it off eBay, like your investment can kind of go down the drain pretty quickly. So you have a couple of things you could do. You could try to scoop up as many of those as you want. And then, you know, if they, you know, hope that they you know, really investigate the pictures, obviously, and then hopefully you can grade them yourself and really take the Delta that way. Or you could, you could try to snag a, one of the low pop graded cards. And I believe that there would be room to grow. For example, um, I think that the, I'm looking at 130 point right now. I mean, there are a few, graded examples his variation silver prism psa 10 so it's not the true same picture he's kind of a little bit more cockeyed with the ball in his arm is sold for 550 and as a pop three that's really low to me for a silver uh trey lance rookie you know where that kind of card would probably be reaching a thousand dollars after week two if he puts up two big performances you know so there's definitely room here but i think for the range that we're looking in we would try to be finding the absolute best looking raw silver rookie we could find and try to get it for around 120 bucks. And I think that's kind of where, where we'd be looking. Yeah. You, it's, it's really funny. And you might've just done this uh, out of habit, but you mentioned week two as a potential selling window, looking at their schedule, they start with the bears uh, on the road and then they come back home for the Seahawks. Yeah. So you yeah. could be looking at a two and 49 49ers team that had just, just absolutely whomped their first two opponents and Trey Lance looking like an absolute all-star at that point before they go and play the Broncos in week three. Um, so yeah, kind of fits, checks all the boxes there. I was looking at 130 point while you were going there as well. Um, some of like the red color uh, jersey match stuff yeah. I think looks fantastic for him. Serial numbered raw cards, obviously for for him. I do want to like get your card. thoughts here is like these, these this younger class, obviously we're going to be looking at mostly raw stuff here. Is there a process that you go through when you're looking on eBay uh, outside of obviously looking at the pictures? Do you, are you looking for sellers that have more reviews? Are you looking through reviews individually to make sure that you're not getting crappy cards? I know people try and pull fast ones all the time with cards that may have defects that aren't visible in pictures. Yeah. Is, is there a certain process that you go through when, you're, when you know you're investing in, in raw cards? First and foremost, I want to see that the, the seller it has three – uh, four plus pictures up there. I don't want just one picture of the front, one picture of the back. That's yeah. in grainy. I want to see a couple of different, especially if it's a raw car that you are buying um, as, you know, a, a kind of more hyped up card, recent card that wouldn't have a chance of being graded yet. Um, I want to see, you know, a couple of different angles. Let me see the corners. Let me see the surface and let me actually get those pictures in the picture. So I don't want any garbage where just one quick picture of the front and, just because it's a silver Trey Lance, like you expect to get 150 bucks for it. Like I, I'm not interested in that. Um, 
two, like just look, you're going to be able to see the centering right away. Like as long as it's not at a completely weird angle, you'll be able to see if it's, if it's centered. So that would definitely play uh, a factor in the price of the card right off the bat for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I'm definitely looking for trust, trusting sellers. I would prefer not to see a raw card by a eBay seller with like four reviews uh, or just like a brand new seller. I'm not really interested in looking at that kind of stuff too. So those are probably the three main things that I'm looking for. Uh, centering probably first and foremost because you can kind of get it right off the bat. So I like I like this call. Do you have uh, like a, a, a micro level player take on Trey Lance versus Trevor Lawrence? I kind of prefer the Trey Lance side, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm I prefer, really swayed. I mean, I love both of them. Like those would definitely be the two guys that I'm most interested in uh, here going into the season. I think Trevor's in for a really nice second year uh, under the Peterson offense, but you're paying a lot more there. And I think the ceiling case is a little bit the same, at least for year two. I don't know if like we're talking five years down the road. I think Trevor Lawrence has a higher ceiling case, right? If he yeah. if he reaches what people expect him to be, I think he's got a higher ceiling case. But I think for year two, when you when you take into account personnel and coaching for the Niners, um, and what he's able to do on his legs with his legs, I mean, not that Trevor isn't, but you know Trey Lance is. It's a little bit of a different story there. I think ceiling case for year two is similar, and because of that. I am more interested in Trey as well. And yeah, I think it would be, you know, hounding kind of these PSA 10s. If you're interested in the similar range, 400 ish dollars for a silver, 500 ish dollars for a silver, if you can get it. Or, um, you know, as you mentioned, I think like a, a color match, like red, red wave. What is that? I got like a 250 or 350 or something like that. I think those are kind of really nice places to look. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested in those from a, and yeah, from a, just a player take perspective, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, I don't, I don't know how he's going to be like accuracy wise and, and things like that. But I think as far as like, does he have Lamar Jackson type upside? Maybe not as high, like ever going to be a true MVP candidate, but I wouldn't be surprised if like in the Lamar mold, we might get something out of uh, some seasons like that out of Trey Lance. So I'm excited about him. Yeah. I think so much working in his favor this season, obviously Debo, you know, Brandon, IU, George Kittle, the offense that they have in place there with Kyle Shanahan. I think, you know, if you're looking for a 12 month or shorter investment, I don't think it gets much better than no. Trey Lance. All right. We, we, so I, mean, I, I think we should just, I think what our second buy should be. And if you want to trust me in, in going through this process, like we could do it this way. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do some research the, over the next couple of nights, um, silver or maybe ruby red wave color match we'll look for those two cards specifically uh try to get something around 150 you know maybe in the red in the red 250 uh raw and i'll really try to hound pictures and do the grading ourselves and we'll come back after that whole process has has gone through we might be a couple weeks into the season uh but we'll give it a try and uh it'll be two different interesting examples. So we'll do the Lamar that's already graded and we kind of track that on our own and then we'll buy a raw card that we're going to try, do our best to, to, to uh, seek out as a card that's worth grading, graded ourselves and kind of track it that way. So I think those are two, two good, good places to be. That's awesome. I, I came into this episode with the goal of, of trying to go from start to finish with this. And we're really going to take this one, especially with the Trey Lance one from, from A to Z, you know, yep. especially going through the grading process ourselves. Hopefully we can share that journey with you guys and help you guys out along the way. I know that's one thing that I personally have not done yet. I've not bought, bought and raw and sent to get graded myself. So this will be a fun process for me to go through as well uh, with, with you kind of at my side, helping me through it. So hopefully this was as much fun for you guys as it was for me. I think we got a lot out of Gary as he's always so forthcoming with all of his knowledge and all of his information. And we're, yeah, we're going to take this one from, from A to Z with a 2018 Lamar prism PSA 10 base card and, We'll find something, Trey Lance. I, I kind of like the color match. Those cards look yeah, I like that too. really nice. Uh, it, it's a good look. And I think if he does go off early on this season, I think that'll be a good card to to move. So I like those two buys that we have identified. And, and real quick before we get out of here, I can't, I, I mean, I can't leave without this. In keeping with the modern quarterback theme, Gary dropped uh, a bomb on me before we hopped on, said he's willing to do a giveaway for episode 50. We haven't done a giveaway in a while. We've got a few new listeners as we head into football season. So modern quarterback giveaway. All we ask you to do, help us grow this show, help us keep the content free, help us keep the lights on over here at Establish the Collection. Take a screenshot of a review wherever you listen to your podcast and head on over to YouTube if you're not watching on YouTube already. Subscribe to the new Establish the Collection channel. We have our own channel over there. 29 very, very loyal subscribers over <laughs> on the YouTube channel. We appreciate each and every one of you. We'd like to bump that number up. So subscribe, take a screenshot uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, and then go over and subscribe to the YouTube channel. 
leave us a rating, review, comment, like the video, whatever you can do to help us keep this free and keep this growing as we head into the football season. We would love that. I'm going to shut up. Gary's going to talk about some of the cards that he's going to give away. We will try and do that next week, uh, assuming that things go well and you guys are, are willing to help us grow this thing. Uh, Gary, what cards do you have to give to the people? Yeah, so these are uh, legit cards. They're not like no- nothing too crazy, but they're also not worthless at all. So every single person, it's, it's going to be a rookie quarterback patch or relic card giveaway. We're going to do three different give- giveaways. Everyone's going to get two cards. Everyone is going to get one Justin Herbert uh, rookie patch giveaway. So first and foremost, we got all Spectra for the Herbert. We got, uh, you know, silver prism basically with a patch of the football patch two patches on there of the building blocks out of 99 for justin herbert uh last one of these in the out of 75 went for 85 dollars raw on ebay um (laughs) then we're gonna do also just jumbo patch monumental out of 75 also same thing would anticipate this goes between 50 and 100 dollars. these are true rookies patch cards for herbert so one person is gonna get those two herbert cards okay so like wow almost almost 200 value one one person's gonna get a Herbert uh, Next Era Spectra. This one's out of one ninety nine, uh, also with a silver prism on there. The uh, value is probably around fifty dollars as well. And then we're gonna put Cody's boy Tua in there as well with the double patch. Um, you know, rising rookie out of ninety nine uh, as well. So that's one giveaway two. And then we'll do one with the same building blocks card. So that last, as I said, last said uh, seventy eighty five dollar card. So I had two of them. And then one. Zach Wilson, absolute rookie patch in there as well. So, you know, everyone gets a Herbert card and then one buddy, one lucky person gets two Herberts, one gets a Herbert Tua, one gets a Herbert Zach Wilson. So we're going to do three giveaways at drawn at random. If we only get three people that send us the screenshots, those three people get them. So again, uh, send us DMs of the screenshots to either our established collection Twitter, or you can send them directly to Cody or myself on Twitter. All of that's fine. At CMain7, at GHartman314. We'll happy to happy to do this, um, you know, in anticipation for football season, exciting uh, rookie patch cards that will go up during football season as well. But they do hold a little bit of value uh, just standalone. So, yeah, there you go. Very kind of you to give to the loyal listeners. The The numbers have been encouraging. You guys have uh, seemingly appreciated the shows over the course of the summer. Really, really, really excited to get back into football season. That's my favorite time of year. Uh, I think that's really when things pick up for us especially as we start to kind of transition into, into basketball as, as the fall rolls around, winter rolls around. We've got a lot going on. The hobby gets it gets really hectic, and it's a ton of fun. Um, but this this episode was, was awesome. It was a good learning experience for myself, hopefully a good learning experience for all you guys listening. And, and as always, if you guys ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to the Established Collection Twitter, reach out to Gary at GHartman314, reach out to me at CMain7, happy to try and answer them. We will try and continue to stay in the Collectibles Discord uh, for Establish the Run. If you guys have any questions, feel free to hop in that Discord channel if you are an Establish the Run subscriber. But I think we'll leave it there, Gary. Uh, it's a ton of fun, man. Thank you for teaching us all the ways of the hobby from the smartest, the most good-looking, the most intelligent cardboard virgin. I appreciate you, as always, for Gary. I'm Cody. We'll see you guys next week. Take care, everybody.